community development block grant funds are used in Johnson County cities to leverage significant community projects and help provide for some of our community's most vulnerable residents. On this episode, learn all about CDBG funding, how it's used, who it helps, and how the public can weigh in on the current level of need in Johnson County. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Jody Hansen, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County Government. My three guests today are here to talk about federal funding that we can leverage here in Johnson County to improve housing for those who have low to moderate income, as well as for improvements to our neighborhoods. Let's start with some introductions. Leslie Davis is a Community Development Coordinator with Johnson County. Hi, Leslie. Can you tell us a little bit about your role? Yes, and good afternoon. Thank you for having me. As Community Development Coordinator, I oversee the administration of the Community Development Block Grant that we that Johnson County receives from HUD. I also oversee the Emergency Solutions Grant that we receive from Kansas Housing Resource Corporation. Great, thank you. Next, we have Rita Carr, who is the Director of Community Planning for United Community Services of Johnson County. Rita, for those who aren't familiar, please tell us a little bit about your organization. Yes, thank you for having me as well. Um, UCS is a nonprofit that has been around for over 50 years. Our focus here in the county is improving health and human services access and delivery. Uh, we identify community needs, solutions through education and advocacy. We foster intentional collaboration and planning and prioritize community investments. My main role here at UCS is leading the Johnson County Continuum of Care on Homelessness. For those who are unfamiliar with that, um, HUD homelessness funding requires communities to have a continuum of care and a lead agency, and UCS serves in that role here in the county. We partner with the county, cities, agencies, and other stakeholders to fulfill those HUD responsibilities here at the local level and prevent homelessness when possible and have services available when someone loses their housing. Um, our CDBG grant funds a portion of that continuum of care work. Okay, great. Thank you. And then finally, Janelle Bowers is the Chief Executive Officer for Friends of JCDS. Janelle, welcome. And a similar question, please tell us about your organization. Sure, thank you for including us in this. Um, Friends of JCDS is a private nonprofit organization that creates affordable and accessible housing for individuals who are intellectually and developmentally disabled in Johnson County. And then we, and that's that's a big part of what we do, um, but we also make sure that basic needs are addressed so that um, individuals can, can be successful in our community. So whether that means they need a certain shoe for work that maybe they can't afford, or pay for things that um, Medicaid doesn't pay for, so dental work or a certain therapy. We just step in where there aren't any other resources to fulfill those needs. Okay, great. So such important work being done by the three of you. Um, so Leslie, let's start with you. The specific federal funding that we're talking about today comes from the Community Development Block Grant Program. Some might be more familiar with the acronym CDBG. Uh, it's already been referenced a little bit today. Can you tell us a bit about these funds and how they can be used to benefit the community? Sure. The Community Development Block Grant Program provides grant funds to states, cities, and counties to develop to develop urban communities by providing decent housing and suitable living 
environment by expanding economic opportunities, principally for low and moderate income individuals. And can you give us sort of an overall picture of this funding um, that Johnson County has received and maybe some specific examples of how it's been used? Sure. HUD awards Johnson County CDBG funds on a formula basis, taking into consideration population measures of distress, including poverty, age of housing, housing overcrowding, and growth lag. HUD has placed a 15% cap after administration expenses are allocated to be awarded to eligible nonprofits that directly benefit to benefit low to moderate income individuals through rental, utility, and child care assistance, as well as several other forms of assistance. The remaining allocation is then awarded to eligible community development projects like sewer rehabilitation, lighting upgrades, sidewalk and sidewalk and street repairs, as well as ADA accessibility upgrades. And just to, you said it, but just to make sure people, you know, hear this point, because I hear questions about this, 15% of these funds can go to people that go to people that are uh, low or moderate income or experiencing that. And that would leave 85% for the community projects. And so that is a HUD formula. That's not anything that the county has chosen to do, right? Correct. That is a HUD imposed um, cap on the public service funds that we can use to directly benefit low to moderate income individuals. Okay, great. I think that was just worth pointing out a little bit. So thank you. I do, I, I do want to add, though, that all of, of the funds that we receive from HUD for CDBG do benefit low to moderate income individuals based on whether it's a community development project, it still has to benefit low to moderate, moderate income individuals. Okay, that makes sense. Great. Thank you for that clarification. That That's good to know. Janelle, I know that Friends of JCDS has received CDBG funding in the past, so I'd be interested in your perspective on how these dollars have impacted the people that you serve. Well, they have a home. I mean, that's that's really important. I mean, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of need, that's safety, that's security, that's, that's kind of where you lay your hat, right? So a lot of the individuals we serve not only have have that intellectual and developmental disability, there's also a physical disability component. So it's very difficult in, well, probably anywhere, but if we're gonna talk about Johnson County, to find some place that's accessible for a wheelchair that they can call home. And, and so each one of the, the houses we create is fully accessible. Wheelchairs go into the bathrooms, they go through the front doors, there's ramps that you're, you have the space to, to move, no matter whether you use a walker or no, no adaptive equipment or use a wheelchair. And they're also well within their budget, which is also, I think we're all feeling that where the economy and the, the price of housing is, is very steep right now. So the, no matter their budget, they have someone that, they have somewhere that's theirs. It's their home, it's where they live. And, and I think that's, I don't even know if you can measure that impact long-term. I mean, just self-reliance, independence, safety. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Yeah, you're, you're really doing some great work in helping people live independent lives that might not be able to if, if right. they didn't have this funding as a resource. Uh, Rita, I understand that you lead the Continuum of Care on Homelessness, and that's a community collaboration that brings several partners together to combat poverty and homelessness. As someone who works with agencies who are really dedicated to helping eligible residents with just the basic necessities, rent, childcare, utilities, how important is this specific funding and how does it sort of fit into the overall effort in our county? It's so incredibly important 
um, it's important to have a safety net when our residents have a financial emergency. Rent, like you mentioned, so incredibly high, going up, up, and up. And any unexpected cost can make a family at risk of an eviction and ultimately homelessness. Um, we're talking t- very tight budgets. So things that are unexpected that can pop up, like a car repair, a medical bill, missed work because the person or their child is out sick, um, even a large utility bill can put a person's financial situation at risk. Um, so those rent and utility assistance prevents many households from losing their housing each year. And and like Janelle said, that's such a, a basic necessity that we all need. Um, Leslie, the county is getting ready to enter a phase where we really need public feedback to start putting together funding plans for next year. So can you please talk about the public comment process and the, the different ways the community can participate? Sure. In coordination with Johnson County Housing Services, we will be holding a public hearing to gather input to assess the community development and housing needs of extremely low to moderate income residents and propose plans and programs to meet those in need corporate meet those needs in cooperation with cities and county departments and other bodies, both public and private, for consideration by the Board of County Commissioners. Citizens can phone these comments into the Community Development Office at 913-715-2245 to me directly. They can also email them to cdbg at jococov.org. And now they can also complete a survey online, which that um, webpage is www.jococov.org slash needs assessment. Citizens are also more than welcome to attend the March 8th public hearing at the Johnson County Administration Building at 111 South Cherry, Suite 2000, um, Olathe, Kansas, and that will be at 2 p.m. It's also being held via Zoom. And all of those details can be found on our website at www.jococov.org slash department slash community dash development. And this is also where you will find any updates in case there's a date change. I just think it's great that you are offering so many different options. Uh, not everybody likes to go to a public meeting, not like not everybody likes to talk on the phone, but maybe they'll take a survey. So it seems like there's a lot of options for people to, that, to take advantage of. So that's great. So, Jadelle, we know you've been through the CDBG process. I'd like to hear about your experience in applying for the funding. Um, And also kind of in with that, if there was an organization you came across that had considered applying, but maybe had some reservations or wasn't sure, I'd love to hear what you would tell them. Sure. You know, it's a very well-defined and supported process. And, And for people that apply for funding, that's that's essential. Um, they provide an opportunity to attend a session on the application process. They provide you an application packet that also includes additional instructions. And I don't know if it's most important, but it's most important to me. They answer questions. So anytime that you're not sure and, and, and after you've gone through the application process a couple of times, it's, it's rare that I have to ask a question because they're very consistent. Um, but man, if I send an email, I have a response back the same day and I don't want to set them up for that. Maybe not always being the case, but they're very quick to answer questions. They're very supportive through the process. And and when that process is set forth, not necessarily by them, but also regs that they're trying to follow by HUD, that's very, very important. Um, To someone asking me if they should apply, absolutely. Attend the, the training, read the packet and apply. Now, 
Whether you get funded your first year or not, no, but it will be a good experience. Um, make sure that you understand that, that just like any other funder, they want to be a piece of the pie. They don't want to be the whole pie. Um, but it will, it will help you maybe apply again in the future, having gone through it the first time, or maybe you will be funded, but either way, you're going to go through that process. You'll understand the priorities and, and you'll probably get to do some good with what the end result is. That is some great advice from someone who's been through it. So thank you. Um, Rita, what are your thoughts on the county's efforts to get public input for this for the needs assessment? We talked about all the different ways that people can weigh in. Why do you think it's so important for residents and agencies to take the time and have their voice heard on this topic? I think with any community level project like this, it's important to gather feedback directly from the people it's intended to serve. I think of that phrase, nothing about us without us. Uh, the public service component of these funds target low income residents in the county, which is about 15% of our population. And so it's really important that the county hears from residents and um, the agencies that serve them to target the funds to the areas with the biggest need. That's great to hear your perspective on that. Uh, so Leslie, when we talk about these upcoming public hearing and the, and the needs assessment survey, we're talking about gathering input that will be used for 2024 planning. However, I understand that there are hundreds of thousands of dollars that still need to be spent here this year in 2023. So can you tell us kind of the status of that funding and how people can learn how to access it? Yes, um, several agencies still have CDBG CARES funds to assist eligible applicants who have been impacted by COVID-19, like Catholic Charities, Salvation Army, Jewish Family Services, and Kansas City Metro Lutheran Ministries. We would encourage you to reach out to these agencies if you need assistance and have been impacted by COVID-19. Unlike regular CDBG funds, these funds do not have the HUD-imposed 15% public service cap. Also, Johnson County does still have over $300,000 in CDBG care funds, CARES funds left to award to nonprofits or cities that needs to that need to that this these funds need to be expended by August of this year. Nonprofits 5013Cs, 501C3s, Johnson County departments and Johnson County cities other than Lenexa, Overland Park and Shawnee are all eligible applicants for CDBG funds and are also eligible for CDBG care funds as long as the funds are used to prepare for, prevent for or respond to COVID-19. For more information, see the housing and homelessness assistance guide on the Johnson County homepage. Boy, that would be great for people that are listening to this to, to take that action. We I, I hate to hear about funding that's available, not helping people, just kind of sitting somewhere. So we have until August. Um, hopefully people will reach out and uh, this funding will be spent where it's most needed. So thank you. We, we are actually, I'm sorry to interrupt. We are actually, we are in the middle of our um, fifth round of CDBG CV applications. The deadline for Olathe applications is February 17th and the deadline for Johnson County is February 24th. I'm so sorry. I forgot to add that. No, that's great. That's great detail. Thank you. So Rita, when you hear that, you hear about this funding that's still available, uh, what is your response to, to know that there's so much funding that's still available in our community? Yeah, the need is so high. I get calls nearly every day 
um, asking about rent and utility assistance, and we are not a direct provider of that service. Um, so I, I, I get these calls and I know that the need is out there and it's a matter of linking people to the, the right assistance. It's within a time right now where the, just recently the Kansas Emergency Rental Assistance Fund expired. Um, so I'd imagine the rent assistance calls are about to go up even more. So yeah, it's really just getting the word out about this available funding and connecting it, linking people to, to where they can access it the best. So thank you. Uh, Janelle, is there anything else you would like to add about your thoughts on how Johnson County administers this funding and how the community just overall can benefit from it? So, I mean, honestly, the department should be commended for the work they do on, on, on this grant funding. It is a very complex process. Um, in terms of on their end, ensuring that the applications they put out meet the requirements by HUD and, and kind of juggling all of those priorities. Um, CDB, CDBG funds are limited in scope. Um, and so sometimes, you know, what you can use them for and what people want you to use them for do not always match. Um, and I think that they have done a really good job of just ensuring that people stay informed and, and making sure that that everything comes together in terms of being um, within requirements from HUD. Um, you know, and, and honestly, thank you for doing this podcast. I mean, while I'm listening to the others talk, I, I sit there and think, well, gosh, I wonder if so-and-so has applied for that and probably hop off there and shoot some emails about, you know, who else could be doing helpful things that maybe don't know this funding exists. So I, I, this podcast is great. Well, thank you all for sharing your perspectives on, on this uh, this topic. I think everyone's going to learn a lot by listening to this. So I just wanted to summarize a few items that we covered and where you can learn more. The public can weigh in on the needs of our community at a public hearing on March 8th at 2 p.m. That takes place at the Johnson County Administration Building. That's at 111 South Cherry Street in downtown Olathe on the second floor in Suite 2000. You can also participate in an online needs assessment. That's at jocogov.org slash needs assessment. And then to learn more about the funding that's available right now that needs to be spent this year, we would have you visit jocogov.org and look for the housing and homelessness assistance guide. So again, I just wanted to thank Leslie and Janelle and Rita for being here today. Appreciate the time. And everybody, just have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org backslash podcast. Thanks for listening.